Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole, and I am currently having like a super weird shower thought. I'm not in the shower, to be clear. I'm just having a shower thought, which is time is like so weird. You know what I mean? Like it's the thing that we all rely on, but it's also super bouncy somehow. So many things in life, you just kind of bounce around in the timeline, like this episode. <laughs> this episode was inspired by another episode of another expat podcast, the Expat Happy Hour podcast with Sunday Bean. Sunday released an episode called Grand Gestures back in February, actually. I'm a huge fan of her podcast. I would highly, highly recommend it to anyone. The episode I mentioned is linked in the show notes because it's where this all started. I listened to that episode and was like, dang, that is me. This is so helpful. This is speaking to exactly things that I've experienced and I'm currently experiencing. So I asked Sunday if she would want to come on the expat cast and talk about the topic. I was so excited when Sunday agreed and we recorded our episode back in early June sometime. And right now, this intro is being recorded mid-June because the end of June and early July, aka when you hear this episode, is when I'm on vacation. I'll be in the States, traveling around, seeing some friends, going to a friend's wedding, and throwing a surprise party for my parents, which I have been planning with my brothers for months. So that is the reason that Sunday's episode Grand Gestures really stuck out to me, because this surprise party is the biggest grand gesture that I've been a part of creating for someone else. I've been on the receiving end of some pretty great ones, as you'll hear about, but in terms of actually being able to do something for someone, this was this is big. This is huge. What's funny, though, the reason that I'm getting this like weird shower thought about time is because I'm hoping by the time you're listening to this, I have a wonderful success story of pulling off a surprise party with like 50 guests, even though I'm not getting to the right state where this party is being hosted by me um, until the day of. <laughs> uh, Nora's my one brother. So here's the thing. I have two brothers, right? One lives far away and was not supposed to be home this summer. We convinced him to come home so that we could do this party and have a moment where we surprised our parents by being all five together at the same time. They, of course, don't know this. And everything was going well. We were planning this party. Actually, by the time I recorded this episode with Sunday, everything was going great. And then in the last week or two, my dad started getting a series of great ideas like, hey, what if we got your brother to come in town that weekend? Wouldn't that be great? We would all be together. <clears throat> yes, dad, it would be great, but we're already doing it, so we can't agree to you. Yeah, so that was a whole thing. <laughs> Once we got that issue taken care of, my dad then decided that the deck in our backyard, which he built when I was like four, needed to come down. It's been there forever. I never had any worries about it not being there. And we're hosting the party at their house. But no, it had to come down in June, weeks before the party, which of course he doesn't know. <laughs> but we couldn't tell him. So that's to say this grand gesture is a whole nother level of intense coordination <laughs> between me and my brothers and parents, even though they don't know it. And so as I'm recording this, I'm a little nervous about it. But I'm really hoping that by the time you listen, it's gone off without a hitch. <laughs> Which brings us to today's episode. As said, it's inspired by episode 110 of the Expat Happy Hour podcast with Sunday Bean. And Sunday, in addition to being a podcaster, is also a speaker and a life coach, all of which center around her work with intercultural strategy. 
Sunday is an expat herself, also American, then moved to Switzerland, is now living in South Africa, and through a mixture of her own life experience through those places and her various degrees and certificates, Sunday is a true expert in all things expat. I really admire all of Sunday's work and it was an honor to have her on the expat cast and get to hear more about her and her own experiences and outlooks on how to handle all these kind of situations and above all, how to show up for your people, whether that's in person or otherwise. Here it is. My name is Sunday Schneider-Bean, and I am originally from Williston, North Dakota, but I currently live in South Africa. I'm coming up on my third year anniversary. Very good. Did I miss a question? No, you nailed them. <laughs> Do you want to mention where you lived in between? Because I think you've been around Oh, where I lived in between. Times. Yeah. So, I mean, the journey is a little bit long. I moved, I went quick to a study abroad in Spain, and then I met a Swiss guy in Southeast Asia, and I moved to Switzerland. Uh, in 2013, we lived in West Africa and Burkina Faso, and since... 2016, I've lived in South Africa. So I found you because you have a wonderful podcast that we'll, we'll talk about later and I can highly recommend it. Um, and one of your episodes was about grand gestures. And it just hit me so hard because it, it did that magical thing that podcasts do often where it put into words, into a concept, this thing that I've been experiencing, but hadn't really thought enough about to name it. So <laughs> I want to start off by asking you what brought you to the topic of, of grand gestures? What happened is I was deciding whether I would make a grand gesture to my family. And I guess I, I thought about a situation with my parents where they invited the kids for their 70th birthday slash 50th wedding anniversary. And it, it meant leaving my kids and partner at home, rearranging my clients and getting on the airplane for 20 some hours, 16 hours, and then another additional round of four to five, six hours in airports. And you know, I made that decision that a lot of us do as expats where something important comes up and you ask yourself, do I go or do I not? Do I show up for the wedding or do I stay back? Do I go for the birth of the baby or do I stay back? And it was relevant in my life and I had specific criteria I was using to try to make the decision. So I wanted to share it. And it's something, it's really in line with my philosophy of when you live abroad and you want to do that without having regret, you need to love the people while they're alive. And I, 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 my grandmother would say, love them to pieces. I don't have as much class. I say to love the crap out of them. <laughs> and um, so it's like, how do I show people that I love them? And it's something over the last 20 years of living abroad, I've grappled with because I've been forced or faced with dilemmas. Do I go home when my, you know, best friend is getting divorced? Do I, am I there for the funeral? Do I show up for the wedding? And you need to make that decision based on a lot of factors. And it's not always simple if you have kids or if your finances are limited or you have a job, which is very strict about time off. So I think it's important for people to think about how do I love my people? And one of the ways to do that is through a grand gesture. Absolutely. And I think what hit me about that is 
you you said a lot in your episode how can i love my people and what you just said here um how can i love my people while they're while they're alive love the crap out of them and that's something mm-hmm. i really feel too and I've, yeah. i'm only two years into living abroad generally and I, of course, moved right when mid-20s, all my friends are getting married. (laughs) And so it's totally impractical Mm -hmm. to keep being there. One of my biggest struggles has been finding this balance of how to be there when you're not there and how to force it and be there, you know, how to find a way despite all odds. So I thought it was actually really neat how you you had a list of set. You're you're very organized. I like this too. (laughs) And my librarian heart very much approves (laughs) of your your strategies. You had this this point of seven (laughs) questions to pose to find out if it was the right time for you. Um, one of the first sure. ones was, will you regret it if you don't do it? One of the things I've had to do, I had this one situation where a, a work colleague, I adore, we work well together. She's fantastic to be around. She'd invited me to do a project in a region I'd never worked before. It was in the Middle East. And I was excited about the idea to do this project with her in a region I haven't worked yet. And when I found out the date of the project, it was over one of my son's birthdays. So the question was, do I say yes to this work project and say no to my son's birthday? Or do I say no to the work project and say yes to my son's birthday? And it's, I didn't want to be in the hotel doing the thing and regret that I didn't go back to the birthday. So one of the things that I do, whatever, if it's a birthday or whether it's being at a wedding or whatever the thing is you're thinking about is flash forward to your 90th birthday (laughs) and ask yourself, will I really regret not having done that? And if the answer is yes, then I would seriously consider going for it. So for those of you who are listening and don't know what a grand gesture is, just in principle, a grand gesture is something where you go above and beyond normal effort to tell people that you love them. So for example, if you have a neighbor and you give them a birthday card, that's a gesture of your appreciation. But a grand gesture would be organizing a surprise party, right? It's something that goes above and beyond what's normal. So if you're gonna regret not doing it, it's a it's a good indicator, maybe it's good to do. That was the one that tipped me over the edge recently. So when I first listened to your episode when it came out, I had recently found out that another one of my friends just got engaged. She was getting married, though, within nine months of the engagement. And usually there's a year and a half or so more time that you can plan it. And so the other ones, it's not really even a question. It's like, okay, I'm going to be there. This one, though, I right off the bat, I had to say no. It was directly, it's with September, right in the middle of a trip I had planned in June. And my wish to go back for Christmas. And in the middle, it's just, it's impractical. There's no way I could get the whole time off. I couldn't make a trip out of this. So I said, no, I said, I'm sorry, I can't be there. And and started slaving away in my head about, oh my gosh, this is the price of, of moving abroad. But it got to a point where I thought, you know what? No, I, I could be there. It would only be three to four days in the United States. It would be a stupid amount of money. I'm going to be jet lagged and a mess, but I couldn't I couldn't bear it to think that I wouldn't. And so that concept of regret, I knew, you know, time and money are replenishable resources, but memories mm-hmm. aren't. And so that first question already tipped me over the edge. I'm booking flights in a couple of days. It's going to happen. <laughs> Yay, love it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also about like listening in from the coaching perspective, it's about listening to your body. Like, does your whole body say yes to this? Or does your whole body say no to this? And when your whole body is saying staying back feels really wrong, then it's a good sign. Definitely. That you need to go. (laughs) And I love 
Point number two, which was, uh, can you show up when no one else is? Because this already came up with us today where we were talking about, you know, you mentioned like what if a friend gets divorced, if there's a baby being born, these are specific moments, but they're also Mm -hmm. in many ways unpredictable moments when the exact moment is. And what you talked about was sometimes coming after is actually as good, if not even better. Right. So what I, what I realized through this, and this is something I actually didn't do intentionally. This is, I didn't have this list when I started 20 years ago, I developed the list (laughs) thanks to 20 years. Right. So one situation I had is a very dear friend lost her partner and I can't imagine how horrible that was of a child. And I wasn't there during the funeral for a variety of reasons, but I was able to go three months later and be there for a significant amount of time. And she gave me the feedback that it meant a lot to her, that I was able to show up once everything else quieted down. And I think it's especially around grief when you lose someone, everybody's there, flowers or bringing over lasagnas, you know, they come to the funeral, et cetera. And then it gets really quiet. And that is when people need to start showing up. So that's for people like us who live abroad, that's an opportunity for us to combine the wanting to show up and love them and the need to plan for an international flight or leave of absence from work, et cetera. So with that sort of thing, I think it's helpful. Same thing with births. I mean, you have a baby, you're in the hospital for a few days in Switzerland, you get to be there for five days. Mother-in-laws might come and help, but who's there when you're home with two kids for the first time and the husband has to go to work or daycare hasn't started yet and you're feeling overwhelmed because you're three months in and haven't slept. That's when it's great to show up as a friend and be able to support and celebrate when all the balloons have popped and the baby gifts have slowed down. That's such a good example of turning what can feel like a negative into a positive and not out of sheer force of will. I think sometimes the negatives that turn positive in expat life are just because we really want to believe that it is. (laughs) But it's simply true. And in this sense, it really can be both practical and better. Number three, we already sort of touched on, will it be something that they'll remember for a lifetime? So think about, you know, what is this experience? You know, one person I know gave his wife a hot air balloon ride for her birthday. And maybe it was going above and beyond for, you know, price, or maybe it was going above and beyond for how much time you would spend um, on a normal birthday activity. But something where that's a once in a lifetime experience. And if it is that moment where you show up at the surprise party, I, I showed up for my husband's 30th surprise birthday when I was living in the U.S., he was living in Switzerland, and we were both finishing our degrees. We had to live separately for a while, and I showed up for his 30th birthday. So that's a memory we get to have forever. So if it's something you know it will leave a mark when they're old and gray and sitting in their rocking chair, then that's also a great indicator that it's a great grand gesture. And transitions perfectly into point four, which is also one of my favorites. Does it make your body feel like you've got champagne bubbles inside? I actually had a similar (laughs) grand gesture done for me. Um, So similar situation. My boyfriend was in Germany. I was in the U.S. And I was finishing up my master's program. And I skipped my college graduation. That wasn't important to me. But this master's really felt like I fought. You know, I I paid for it. I worked five jobs. I earned the degree in every way that you can think of it. And it it meant something to me. 
but he had just mm-hmm. gone back to Germany like a month, two months before. It wasn't practical to think he could come back again and visit me. And the Friday before he called me from an airport, um, he was on his way and he had it planned. And I mean, even just thinking about this makes me feel bubbly inside all over again, you know? And that's such a great example of the impact that that energy has on other people. Like when you're able to do something like that, how contagious it is, then that'll be something you'll remember forever, right? (laughs) Always, always. And it's also something that I think this is another pro of of grand gestures. They're grand, you know, there's an inherent Mm -hmm. romance and power in them that Mm -hmm. doesn't just apply to romantic partners. It applies to, to life and love in general. And the power of it is still there days, weeks, years down the line. And I think that's also something you can lean back on when you're having harder times being apart from family or friends or whatever it might be. You can look back and say, but we had that. That yep. was real. Totally. And I think that's why it's so, that's why I think grand gestures are so important for people who live an international life or a cross-cultural life, because we don't always get to be there for the mundane. We don't get to go to the movies on Thursday with our friend who we would love to see, but she lives in a different country, or we don't get to go shopping with someone uh, on a random Saturday. So it's a way to connect that isn't mundane, but deep. Number five that I offer in the podcast is, is it inconvenient for you, but makes a life of someone you love much easier? And it's that idea of, I want you to know how much I love you. So I'm gonna do something that's inconvenient out of my way. And it's gonna make your life easier. I mean, how much more is that loving someone? (laughs) You know what I mean? One of my girlfriends came she drove hours and hours and hours to see me when I was in the U.S. and my home, like my hometown home where I was born and raised. And I was like, I can't believe how many hours you spent in the car. And she said, well, you flew across the world. I can drive across the state. But that really, that kind of love from someone is hard to take in. I'm like, that woman got in a car and drove for eight hours today to be with me. That is such a huge gesture of love. And I knew it was inconvenient. Who wants to sit in a car for eight hours? And then you have to drive back, you know, whatever, one or two days later. And it is another way to deeply love someone. And that leaves an impression because we don't get to go to the movies on Thursday. And we don't get to have the wine on a Friday. And we don't get to drop by for the third birthday party of the sun. Right. So we need to love them and show up for them in other ways. And that's why I think it's a great sort of alternative to the routine that people who live in the same city get to have. Six is the immediate inconvenience more than worth the energy you'll get from being there or memories you'll carry for a lifetime. Is the inconvenience like me hopping on the airplane to go from Johannesburg to Atlanta, Atlanta to Phoenix, Phoenix to my parents' physical home, that 22-hour journey, um, and then I was probably in the country for 48, I had to take 22 hours back, so it was almost like half-half, half travel, half physically there, jet lag, right? I was, you know, my my, my family took pictures of me laying on the sofa at eight o'clock and like, you know, putting my hand up in the camera, like do not photograph <laughs> me. Um, I was exhausted. Was that convenient? Did that take a toll on me? Was it worth the energy? 
absolutely. In those 48 hours, I was with my sister, my brother, my mom, my dad. We had laughs together. We talked. We went to this great concert. We had food together. We made huge memories. Yes, it was inconvenient, took a toll on me, but of course, because I will carry that in my body for the rest of my life. And I want to say on one hand, like, and what do you remember today? Just the happy memories. But no, you, you also remember the tiredness, but you remember how worth it it is, you know? And I think that's something I don't something feel pain from jet lag now. I yes. feel my heart swells with love. You know what I mean? Like yes. the impact later lasts more positively. Yeah. And and the inconvenience and, and the momentary pain, it's part of it too. It's part of like yeah. the the... the funniness of it in retrospect if you spin the story mm-hmm. right if you're not a good storyteller we gotta send you to a <laughs> no, class it's not that bad it was really not it was not that bad it wasn't I almost wonder if it was so short you didn't even you know it could be any time of day it doesn't matter <laughs> well, I woke up I would wake up so early in the morning but I wake up really early in South Africa anyway so I was just waiting for my family members to wake up because I was so excited <laughs> to see them and last is saying yes helping you live out your core life values? Of course, you got to know your core yeah. life so, values I mean, to answer that one. <laughs> absolutely. So you really do need to know what your values are. Is your value freedom? Is your value connection? Is your value showing up for the hard stuff? Like, what are your core values? And if you feel like you're betraying something really important to you by saying no, then it's probably in conflict with your values. Right. And the the reason why this is so important is we get our head gets very left brained, like it doesn't make sense. It's not affordable. It's inconvenient. Right. But our values are so much deeper. Right. So that's where it's an important place to go. Does this not does this make sense? Is this a good idea, but is in alignment with your core values? And then it might be might be the right time to say yes. I think that's one of the most beautiful things, too, about these tough, awful challenges that we're faced pretty often in expat life, you're so removed from any sense of normalcy that you might have had or imagined that you have to make choices like this. And in Mm -hmm. that you learn what your life values are, you know, I, Mm -hmm. and, and not to say that you couldn't some other way, but it's, it's a, it's a byproduct of this experience that is so valuable. You learn at the end of the day, ah, this is why I'm conflicting with the culture I'm living in is because one of my values is X and one of their values is Y and those aren't the same thing. Same right. thing here. It's it's throwing into clear light these things that you maybe thought about, maybe sort of knew in the background, but you can see it clearly, name it, and then it helps you live by it. Just in the same way that you said you didn't have these list of seven questions 20 years ago, um, we're all now benefiting from what you've learned and able to take that in ourselves. Same goes for this whole expat journey. And I also just want to say, like, if someone who is listening realizes now, wait, I maybe should have done that thing. Like, no shame. That's just a learning point of, okay, next time something like that comes up, you have another, you have a different type of compass to navigate with than you did before. And maybe it was messing up on that one thing that actually creates the clarity, right? I always say that one of my favorite learning strategies is learning by failure. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, you're like, whoops, that was not what I meant to do. And that makes you savvy for next time. So if anybody's listening, kind of feeling like, oh, I should have said yes to that, or that would have been, that was actually totally with my values. I didn't say yes. 
don't shame yourself on that. Just think about how you can apply it for the next opportunity. And let's talk about then too, for anyone who's sitting at home thinking, and uh, none of those are really matching up to what I, my experience was, you know, I, I've, haven't done a grand gesture like that and and why or, or you know what goes into saying no so you talked about that yeah. too in your episode the first one is is such a good question in general in life do you feel like you should not that you want to that's really really important and I think when you are coming from a should place it's like a pit in your stomach it's not the champagne bubbly excited it's the pit in your stomach so if you're feeling like to be the good girl or to be the, the nice one or to be the non-difficult family member or whatever it is, that's probably an opera, you know, place of should. So that might be a sign that it's not the right thing. And that leads to number two, which is, are you doing it because of pressure from the family feels too big? And I'm not going to, you know, weigh in on whether you should or shouldn't because of family pressure, because of cultural differences and history and all that, that you have to decide for yourself. But, you know, is this temptation to, to go, let's, because of pressure, does that feel in alignment with who you are, that I do it because I'm pressured or is it, is it the right thing to do? So if you're just buckling under pressure, think about whether that makes sense to, to make the grand gesture. And the third one that I learned, and this one I learned from actually one of my best friends in Switzerland, she taught me this. I was debating whether to go to my grandfather's funeral. I was able to say goodbye to him on the telephone before he passed away. We had an amazing relationship and he passed away um, on a weekend and there was a blizzard going on in Switzerland at the time. And I didn't know whether I could make it and had all these other things that were making it more complicated. And one of my friends said, Sunday, listen, there are other ways that you could support that look different than getting on an airplane during a blizzard. <laughs> She's like, you can support like your mom by calling her. You can support your mom by being there, you know, in four weeks when you're going to see her anyway. And she really reminded me that there are other ways to show up and love your people that don't always mean hopping in the airplane. And I say that because I was born and raised in a small town and everybody knew everybody. And when someone died, we would bring over lasagna and we would show up, we'd be at the church. Like we showed up, we supported face to face. So I didn't have models. How do I support when you're not face to face, right? The pallbearers hold the casket, right? You bake the cookies at the bake sale. I didn't learn how to support over continents. So I was taking my old support model and trying to do it in this intercontinental situation. And over the years, I've learned <laughs> there are other ways that you can support too. And there are times when face-to-face -face is the only way and the best way. I get that. And there are times when you can find another way. I think that's so important because I, one of my values in life is, is to be there for people. And for me, mm -hmm. it's the same story growing up. You were there by being there. And no one was yeah. ever so far away that they couldn't be there. If they weren't there, it was because they chose to do something else that day, right? And so it was an easy mm -hmm. choice. So through this experience, I've had to broaden my definition of, of what being there means. One example I wanted to throw into all of the first three points is, so I started my first real job in Germany in November. I had been visiting the States 
September, early October, the day I left, my mom had a mammogram that turned out mm. positive or, you know, negative, <laughs> as it were, in the life sense, yeah. right? So she right. had breast cancer, and it I, I just flown away. And I was just starting this job, and I didn't understand the rules. I didn't understand the parameters. I didn't I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I felt this feeling that I should be there. I'm, I'm her only daughter. She's my mom, you know, I, I, I need to be there. Yeah. But And my brothers and I talked about it, you know, can we find a way to make this work? But I had to end up saying no. You know, it didn't make sense. This was early enough all in the process that, you know, if it got worse, I wanted to save my emergency mm-hmm. card at work for then. If it got better, then it was it was okay in the long run, right? And so what I learned right. to do instead is um, I started a little countdown for her. Germany is ahead of Philadelphia time. And so I would send a voice message. I would think of a song that had the number of days that she had left of chemo. And then it was sort of oh, like a so riddle. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that one of the first ones was eight days a week from the Beatles. And then, of course, then it's, oh, okay, because you've got eight days. Some of them were super funky because I couldn't think of any good ones. But that made it fun and funny. And it's totally me and my mom. And it meant so much, not more to her. Of course, she would have loved to have me there. But it meant something to her that I was thinking of her every day. And I was going out of my way to try to do something little to just brighten up her day. And some days I was late. And she said that she would spend her day looking forward to, oh, I know the message is coming. What's it going to be? Here are my guesses. Um, and it just totally changed the dynamic of that experience. And something. you created a memory for her, right? Yes. That was a memory that you created in that difficult experience. So I think that's so yeah. important to keep in mind is how can you get creative? What else can you do? I've had I've written letters at, for weddings and funerals. You know, people have made videos and sent them audio messages, deliver packages. I mean, you can there's a lot that you can do to be there without physically being there. And number four is important too. Would it be permanently damaging if you did go? Right. That's the reality. Like what if you quit your job? Yeah. And I think here's the thing why this is important. If I were your mom and you quit your job, that would stress me out. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I would hold the weight. Like I was responsible for that. And that's when, when I decided to say no to the flight during my grandfather's funeral. My mom afterwards, she said, oh, I'm so relieved because she said, Sunday, if you had hopped on that plane, I would have just worried about you the whole time. So there's an impact on others when we do a grand gesture and it ruins us financially or professionally. That is not a grand gesture anymore. That feels like a huge load of responsibility. So that's a really important one. And I think the, the really important to emphasize that is when we are, I mean, my father had prostate cancer and I remember getting that call, how scary that is when you get that diagnosis from someone that you love and you're not thinking clearly, you go into fight, flight, or freeze. You are biochemically, your brain is in a different mode. And that is an important question to ask yourself because that urgency to fight overrides rationality and it would have an impact on the people you're trying to love in a negative way. And that's the opposite of what you're trying to do. And it also speaks to if you have some kind of insecurity in life right now, this point number four, if your job is at stake, if you don't have the money and you'd go into debt for it, not Mm -hmm. a great call. (laughs) At the end of the day, you also have to remain realistic about this. And so all of this is, I think, good to mention. It's, It's said with, if you can, Right. If this is an option and if it's not, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other stuff you can do still. Yeah. And last but not least, point number five, 
think twice if something inside says don't do it. And that goes back to what I said before. Just like, listen to your body. It could be instinct. It could be that small voice of shoulds. Just listen to yourself. Does this feel like the right thing to do? And that will give you a little pause space for you to think about what are other ways that you can love your people. The other thing I want to say about this is there's another way of looking at this. If you are mindfully loving your people the years before, right? When the thing comes up and you can't do it, it's okay because you've been loving them the whole time. It's not like neglect your relationships and then once make that, you know, one grand gesture. It's if you've been loving them for years, have been showing up in smaller ways, whether or not you're able to make the grand gesture has less of an impact, right? So if I had not gone to this concert, my parents would be like, oh, bummer, Sunday wasn't there. We understand because I was, I'm not the absent daughter who never comes. I'm the one who shows up every single summer. So it has an impact. I actually almost fell into this mistake recently. So the thing that, that's got this topic most on my mind right now, it's sort of similar to what you're with your parents' uh, birthday anniversary. My parents turned 60 this year. It's their 33rd anniversary, which isn't technically one you celebrate in a big way, but we want to. So when I go home mm-hmm. in June, so by the time this is out, it'll have just happened. My brothers and I are, are planning a surprise party for them. And we've had this idea since last year, since Christmas of the year before, right? And we're working on it. We've got all this stuff going on in the background. My dad's birthday is in March. My mom's is in August. So we hit March. It's that week. It's my my dad's birthday. And I realize, oh, he has nothing from me. Like, no, I didn't send a card. I didn't plan anything. Because in my mind, this big grand gesture is Mm -hmm. the thing. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't know that. And even if he Mm -hmm. did, that's you know, it's not the be all end all. And so I, I sort of had this moment of, oh, my God, I got so lost in the in the grandness of it all that I didn't look at the at the day to day. And as you said, we don't get the, the mundane things with, with the people that we live far away from. But you still get things like having a birthday present for your dad. <laughs> be gentle on yourself. You're but you're beating yourself up a little bit about this. So here's another thing that you could do. Now I'm going to I'm like going into coaching mode. <laughs> I just did this to my dad. I sent him a message and I just said, dad, you know what one of my favorite memories is? And I shared that memory. And I'm like, I don't know if you know this, but, and he wrote back and he said, one of my favorite memories was, it was a normal Tuesday. Wasn't a birthday, wasn't a whatever, but that I guarantee you, if you send your father a message right now, one of your favorite memories when you were maybe a girl, a little girl, a teenager recently, and you just send that one text message, that will make more of an impact than a birthday card. Yes. So, so this is what I ended up doing as I, I ended up making a list of 60 wishes for his 60th birthday. So things that I hope for him for the rest of, of his years, what I hope he achieves or experiences. And these were things that I'd been thinking of, you know, I was having this sort of come to Jesus moment of, of what am I doing getting so blinded by the sun? I was thinking of all the things that I, I wish for him. And I thought, hey, you know, what? why not write that out? And um, I ended up employing one of my aunts as my elf to, to print it for me and put it in a frame. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so sweet. And it, and that's it, a I grand mean, gesture. Yeah. You got yourself enough credit. That's a total <laughs> grand gesture. In the end, it ended up being more important to both of us than I knew. And I think that's also 
I was in the end grateful for this whole confusing spiral that I put myself through. <laughs> um, you are doing such a great job. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Look at how you're showing up for your family. It's wonderful. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think I think about this sometimes too. It's got to be harder. So I'm a very naturally creative person and I love the challenge of things like this. And I think about maybe some listeners who are less creative and feeling like, oh, well, I wouldn't come up with something like that. But you know what, friends, Pinterest is a wonderful thing. I don't really <laughs> use it that much personally. But if you go on there and search for different, you know, like 50th birthday ideas or anniversary, whatever the theme is, you're going to find someone out there who was creative for you. And recreating that in your own way is perfectly fine, too. <laughs> so I just I don't want my non-creative people to think or less creative. We're all creative, but the less naturally creative people to feel shut out of this. Right. Yeah. Totally. And another thing you can do um, that I that I teach people about is Gary Chapman has something called the five love languages. So one of my love languages is words of affirmation. So when someone says something to me like, hey, Sunday, great presentation. What I really appreciated was and they give me specific feedback. That means a lot to me. Other people's love language is gifts. So if you oh, I, I saw this leather bound journal. I know you like to write. Here's a gift. So it depends on what your love language is. Some people, it's quality time where you're able to do something together. Others, it might be physical touch or you just want a big hug or, you know, a back, you know, like a rub on the back to say it's going to be okay. The fifth one is acts of service. That means you do something nice for someone. Maybe if you're abroad, you send over someone to mow their lawn or you buy them an hour of babysitting, acts of service. So when you want to make a gesture, to someone or tell them that you're thinking of them or tell them that you love them, doing it in their love language would be great. So for example, if mine is words of affirmation, you could send me a quote that says, Sunday, I thought of you when I saw this quote, because that would be speaking my language. Honestly, what I want the listeners to walk away with is that the grand gesture is just one way to love your people. And there's a lot of ways to do it. So it's an invitation for you to ask yourself, am I loving my people while they're alive? Beautiful. With that, we're going to round the corner and head to home with our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It's a rapid fire question round. So I'm going to ask you three questions and you're going to answer them without thinking, overthinking. Just go with your gut. Are you ready? Oh, crap. I'm, my heart is beating fast already. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm going to mess this up. <laughs> what is your favorite activity when you're waiting around in an airport? Oh, I probably just surf on my phone and check my messages from my friends. <laughs> <laughs> what is the very best snack that you can get in a South African grocery store? Ooh, um, I love their dried fruit. So they've Ooh. got dried mango and dried almonds and things like that. Really healthy stuff. I'm sorry. I'm really healthy, healthy person, it but I delicious. would call it the dried mango. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I've, I've gathered that you're also a music loving person. So can you recommend one musician or album that we should all give a listen? Oh my gosh, so many right now. Um, one of my favorite newer uh, purchases is Maggie Rogers. My friend uh, from Switzerland recommended it to me and I just gobbled up the whole album. I am writing it down. I've been in a music slump and Lizzo's new album just came out and kicked me in the butt and I'm back in it looking for things. So that was a very personal question. And I thank you for the recommendation. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show Sunday. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? 
Well, you can find me at sundaybean.com. It's S-U-N-D-A-E-B-E-A-N. And I am the host of the podcast, Expat Happy Hour. You can find me on iTunes, on my website, or any of the ways that you consume your podcast on Android. I'm also leading a Facebook group called Expats on Purpose, where we're working on how you can be more purposeful in your health, in your relationships, or in your community or business. So if anybody's interested in being more on purpose, you can find me there. I also want to thank you in general for all the work you do. I know as a, a new, relative new expat myself, your stuff's been really helpful to me. And I think that's true for a lot of other people. So thanks for all you do. And thanks for coming on our show. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I really hope you guys got something out of it because showing up for the people you love is something that is so near and dear to my heart and it's one of the biggest challenges of living abroad. So I hope you guys got some new strategies, tips, ideas, outlooks on how to, as Sunday so wonderfully puts it, love the heck out of your people while they're alive. If you did enjoy this episode, you know what to do. Go ahead and leave us a rating and review. Truly, it helps us out so much more than you know. As always, thank you also goes to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in podcasting and in life, and to Amy Lundy Art for the logo. Thanks also to Side Hug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram at a hug from the side. We're on Instagram too and at Twitter at the expatcast, and you can email us at the expatcast at gmail.com. Next week in your feeds is the season two finale. We're somehow there already. Ask the expat. Coming your way next Thursday. To my American expats out there, I hope you're having a great 4th of July. And to my non-America related expats, I hope you're having a great Thursday. (laughs) Till next week.